the data by itself is the science. You have to be able to look at it and separate the wheat from the chaff and know what is just noise and what's going to actually get me to my answer. But then there's the art part of it, you know, so this is what the data says, but what the data doesn't know that I, the human know, are these other factors that play a role in this and should play a role in the decision. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. You just heard Tahira Mayan Thomas, Managing Director of Location Intelligence and Retail Analytics at CBRE, describe the critical role human analysis plays in data-driven decision-making. Esri CMO Mariana Cantor investigates how one of the world's largest commercial real estate firms uses location technology and sophisticated analytics to solve business quandaries and win the confidence of its broad clientele. Hi, Tahir. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Great. So I want to start with noting that you are managing director at CBRE, which is a Fortune 500 company and the world's largest commercial real estate firm. I think this is a really great moment for us to have this conversation, given these massive disruptions to the sector and to the business overall. I've heard the phrase that in commercial real estate, everything that was up before COVID is now down and everything that was down is now up. Is this so? And what does that mean? I actually would not classify it as upside down. I think it's more an acceleration of the trends that we were seeing before the pandemic. So last year, I was part of a project that CBRE did which was a 10-year global outlook report, and it was called the Age of Responsive Real Estate. And a lot of the themes that were in the report, you know, the more flexible work environment and the importance of human resources and making real estate decisions and the continued tying together of industrial and retail, you know, a lot of these themes that we were starting to see have just been accelerated, where we're now having the conversations that we we were thinking were, would take several years to fully mature. Those conversations are happening today. So I don't think that it turned everything upside down. I think it just pressed fast forward. And we, we skipped a few years uh, in terms of how we think about the built environment and, and how it interacts with, with people. You mentioned a couple of trends, the tie between industrial and retail space and the relationship between built and people and perhaps built and green environments. What is the thinking around these? So we'll start with the the retail and industrial, what we call like the omni-channel approach. I mean, obviously e-commerce has been around, you know, forever since the 60s and, and it's been the internet since the 90s. And so it's been impacting retail for a very long time, but never before was there a situation where for some people that was the only way that they could get goods and services was was through the internet. And so I think that maybe there were people that were hesitant. That wasn't their preferred way of shopping that had to try it out and may have found that they liked it. Um, I think there were also people probably that um, tended to to always look to, to shop online when they had the option. And then when the option was taken away, they realized, wow, I really kind of missed that shopping in-person experience. So I think that figuring out what that balance is going to look like going forward is is a big thing that retailers are looking into right now. Okay, now how does that tie to industrial? Uh, Even if people decide that they want to shop online, they still want their stuff right now, right? So that means that from a logistics standpoint, retailers and and others are going to have to figure out how to get goods and services 
to the consumer as quickly as possible. And that's going to impact the way that uh, industrial works. So lots of conversations around last mile delivery and how do we make sure that we can get goods and services across many miles and across that last mile as quickly as possible. You know, in terms of environmental uh, standpoint and impact, I think we're, again, going to see that acceleration there. Obviously, that's also been a, a topic of conversation for a very long time. And oftentimes there's a you know a big capital cost involved in making buildings more green and especially if they're existing structures. But with some of the changes that needed to be put into place to keep people safe and healthy and well, a lot of, uh, of improvements are, are being looked at anyways. You know, so I think that this is a time where investors and, and owners are probably going to look to uh, to make some of those updates to be more sustainable and have a better um, ESG profile going forward. You mentioned a study, and we also another study from CBRE that was released recently, where you surveyed 10,000 global employees across 32 companies. And not terribly surprising, 67% of these employees, or close to two-thirds, desire balance of office and remote work as their preferred style. How do you see this impacting your you know, investors and owners and companies and businesses in general? I think what's been really interesting is that we found that both from the decision makers and the leaders in companies to the employees, people like balance. They like choice. We want to be able to make our work lives and our personal lives intertwine as needed. So having those continued flexible options in the future is going to be really, really important to incentivize and attract and retain talent uh, from a company perspective. So now, how does that then impact your space? You know, especially when you're talking about your office space. Uh, whereas before, the idea, the traditional office model uh, was one person, one space. And not only did you have to have space for the person, but you had to have space for all their stuff and all their files and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's all changing, right? And things are being digital. Uh, and that's been accelerated. And now the chances of you having everyone on your team or your company uh, in the office at the same time is, is going to be pretty rare. On the flip side of that, though, you also need to make your, your environments a place that people want to come, right? I, I want to come into the office not only because that's the best place for me to get my work done today, or I need to meet in person with this particular team, but I want to come into the office because it's inviting and there's other benefits that I'm going to get um, by getting in the car or taking that commute and going into the office. Our listeners are already picking up. You're a marvelous storyteller. And I've heard you speak at one of our events and you sort of own the auditorium. Why is this trait important in business? And how do you apply it working with your clients? Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics because I think that storytelling is ingrained in everything we do as humans. It's the oldest art form. And part of the reason, and particularly in my field of business, when we're working with data and technology and GIS, is that it's, it can be confusing to people. Data and the intersection of how data interplays together is not something that everyone is really comfortable talking about. Uh, and, it's, and it can be really, I don't know what the word, like nebulous. It's kind of hard to you know, wrap your arms around which is one of the reasons why we love our dimension technology, because it allows you to bring some visuals to that story. 
Uh, so when you can actually turn the data and the information into a story, be able to take people along on the journey, whether you're going macro to micro or whether you're getting really deep and in detail at a, at a site level, uh, and then you have that visual that you can kind of guide people along with, it helps them to understand um, as opposed to just presenting a bunch of spreadsheets or you know charts and graphs uh, and, and asking people to, to try to make sense of it. It's important to be able to make that information relatable, you know, to, to find where your audience is, give them the background information they need to know to kind of start the journey, and then bring them along on the journey using visuals to help move them to a point where they can process the information and then start to make some decisions around it. So, so you just said that you use storytelling to explain the technology, but you also said that you use technology to tell a story. So you mentioned Dimension, which is a CBRE system based on GIS, Geographic Information Systems. Can you describe it for us and also give some examples of how you put that storytelling using technology to work? Yeah. Um, so yes, Dimension is our interactive location intelligence technology. It is powered by our brilliant GIS professionals, and we use it to tell every possible story you could think of as it relates to commercial real estate. So, you know, sometimes we are uh, not just using the maps or the data, um, but sometimes we're also using other graphics or video or incorporating all different types of media to be able to really explain to our clients what their opportunities are or if there's a particular challenge, how that challenge can be solved using different data and geospatial data to tell that story. So for example, one of my favorite and first kind of products that we built on Dimension is our Create Optimizer. And the reason that I, I like to talk about this is because it was the real aha moment for me when I was first introduced to, uh, to the whole concept of Dimension. You know, someone said, oh, it's like, you know, PowerPoint on steroids. And I have a marketing background. And I was thinking, PowerPoint, that's, that's not what's so new and exciting about that. Then our GIS team brought what they were working on, which was the commute optimizer, and it just clicked. So if you think about your commute, you know, let's say you, you have a business, you're thinking about changing locations. One of the biggest things that you're going to be concerned with if you decide to change locations is how is that going to impact my employees' commute, right? If I move and half my employees, their commute doubles, just, you know, maybe I'm only moving two miles down the road, but depending on where that road is, that could have a significant impact on commute times. Um, they're going to quit, right? They're going to go find something closer to their homes. So I need to understand how that's going to impact. Well, in the past, when we were doing these types of studies with static maps, there could be 20 different maps, right? A map for every location you wanted to consider looking at, a map for, you know, this group of people. How's it going to impact the C suite? Well, how's it going to impact the technology team? How's it going to impact marketing? You know, and, and so each one of these maps would like produce more maps. <laughs> and now you're trying to like overlay them and see where the variables are. And it was just, it was a lot. Our commute optimizer tool, um, all that's online. So you can just click and it just auto magically all changes and just spits out the answers. Here's the aggregate impact to your team. Here's the impact to individual people. Sort, filter, oh, a new location that we didn't know was coming. Right there on the fly, you can add that, uh, that new location point and it'll recalculate everything for you. And suddenly it is an opportunity to tell a story. 
And so that for me was just a huge aha moment about how this technology could tell the story and we could use a, a story to show the technology. So every transformation typically starts with a vision of what the possibilities are. What would you say were these guiding principles or a vision before you started out with the uh, Dimension Project at CBRE? Yeah, I think that our company sought to bring about a digital transformation long before we actually brought that vision to our GIS technology. And the reason is we need to be where our clients are, right? We have multitude of clients all over the globe in all kinds of sectors and industries. And it's important that we can communicate with them and, and share with them information in the way that they're working and they're thinking and they're sharing. And it's also important that we be ahead of, of the process. So the desire to make sure that we were very, very innovative as it related to technology it happened years ago and the plan was put into place long before uh, I got the opportunity to bring it to the GIS group. As it relates to dimension, though, I think we saw just a, a world of possibilities. So if you think about mapping where things are at a lat long level, right? This is one of the oldest, one of the oldest traditions. Um, and as a commercial real estate company, that's table stakes. You know, how can we advise our clients where they should be if we don't know where things are? So mapping is extraordinarily important in our business. The idea of bringing that interactively and marrying data to that, you know, location intelligence, what's happening around that place in space and how it impacts that place in space, you know, that was something that we just scratched the surface on. And that would allow us to be much more consultative and, uh, and helpful in, in bringing our clients along so that they can make good business decisions. I imagine that a transformation like this at that scale would require some thoughtful organizational change management. Could you share with us what that looked like at CBRE and what are some lessons that we can share with our listeners? Yeah, I think that it, it was a huge shift, right? Because if you think about you're really shifting from the way things have always been done right? These big static maps, right? You know, you print them out on the big plotter, roll them up, bring them in your car, you're driving around with clients, roll it out on the, on the hood of the car with the Sharpie. And, you know, that, that it was very much a part of the way that our professionals did advisory. And now we're saying, no, 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 don't, don't print that big thing out, right? Get out your iPad. You can just walk them through here. And that's, you know, uh, that's, that's a big change, change in how I work. Um, you know, so the way that we went about it was not in a uh, in a really aggressive kind of you must you know buy into this whole idea. We really took it almost one on one. It was important to say, hey, there's another tool that you have at your disposal that can tell a deeper story. So let's talk about what you're working on. Tell me about the client you know that you talked to today. What's their challenge? What's their problem? You know, uh, what are they looking to do? Now, let me show you how this technology can help you solve that problem for them or help you bring um, ideas or information or solution that can, that can solve that problem. And so when you made it really relatable to what, it, what you know, our professionals were thinking about today and how that technology could help them today, that's where we started to see 
some really good traction. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that would be really helpful. You know, let me see what you can do. Um, what's been really interesting now is that though we've seen the shift from um, I'm interested and, and curious to yes, I want to use it to what else could I do with it to now we're starting to see our professionals and our clients push us to be more innovative where, you know, for several years, it was us pushing them to be more innovative and think bigger. Um, and now we're seeing they're challenging us. And now we're thinking, oh, wow, okay, we gotta, we got to go back to the drawing board and figure out how we're going to solve that. As an example, there's certain time tested age old problems in site selection. There are common questions. If I am going to locate a retail store where, you know, these are my core customers, where do they live? I want to be located where they are, right? So the, those are just kind of the bread and butter and, and being able um, originally to show how we could use technology and, and GIS to answer those questions. Um, and, and you didn't have to do it on a static map. You could do it in this interactive environment and convincing people this is a better way to show the data. Um, that took some convincing and then you know people caught on like, oh yeah, this is a better way. I can find out more. And then what, what's happening now, though, is that it's leading people to ask not the traditional questions that kind of apply to everyone. It's leading them to start to ask questions that um, maybe only apply to them. And they're starting to see, oh, if I can use this technology and tool to so quickly get the answer to this one thing that's, you know, the, the obvious question, maybe I can use this tool to get answers to other business challenges that we have that I didn't really think of when I thought of commercial real estate, when I thought of site selection, they're interconnected more than I thought. That's where I think we were, you know, we were ready and prepared to answer the obvious questions. We were ready and prepared to go down the rabbit holes that took us. And now clients are coming to us, to our team with questions where we're like, huh, can we answer that? I think we can. Let's go get that data. But that's, that's what keeps it exciting. That's what keeps us out in front is just the fact that there's this, this uh, symbiosis of constantly pushing one another, our clients pushing us, us uh, bringing things to our clients to come up with new, uh, new ways to solve old problems. So um, you mentioned data and clearly data is the fuel to this entire vision and system and outcome. T talk to us a little bit about data choices. How do you select data sets? Is there too much data in a given problem? Are there cases when there's not enough data and what do you do? So give us a little bit of that context. That's where our GIS professionals really get to put their like consultative hats on and, and get creative because it really starts with truly understanding the question that we're trying to answer. And it's a rabbit hole, right? You start with, okay, here's the question we're trying to answer. And so you, you find, okay, these, these are the data sets that are available to us that might help us answer this question. Um, and then you start to put it together and then that leads to more questions, right? So you bring it back and then, you know, the client or, or one of our professionals will say, huh, that's interesting. Well, if that's the case, then what about, okay, well, now we need to get more data. Data is ubiquitous, right? It's without, without having some kind of context, it, it can be too much data. It's, it's really incumbent upon us as, as GIS professionals to uh, to get rid of the noise, right? To uh, it's, it's, We talk a lot about machine learning and there's amazing things that can be done by automating that collection of data. But there's still, uh, and probably will always be a role for that human interpretation because 
the data by itself is, is, and we talk about the art and the science, the data by itself is the science. You have to be able to look at it and separate the wheat from the chaff, right? And know what is just noise and what's going to actually get me to my answer. But then there's the art part of it, you know? So this is what the data says, but what the data doesn't know that I, the human know, are these other factors that play a role in this and should play a role in the decision making. So, you know, figuring out what data we have that might help tell the story, what data needs to be collected, what data the client has that they can provide to, to help get to their unique answers. Um, it's, it's very much a collaborative process between our GIS professionals, our sales professionals, and our clients. Digital transformation, you and I know, is a continuous process. It's not an event. You need to have you know, the energy to move continuously forward. How do you stay motivated? So I like to dream big. I always have, and I call it my mystic karmic processor. I, I stole that phrase from, from a coworker who stole it from a coworker. So didn't make it up, but I love it because in my, I kind of put all this information into the, into the MKP and, um, and try to come up with a, with a big vision of, of what is possible. Right. And I know that there's going to be like a hundred roadblocks in between where we are now to this vision but we'll figure all those things out, right? Um, and, and that's where that incremental comes. But I think it's important to have a big vision of, of, what, of what the possibilities are at some point at a future state. And that creates that roadmap. And then you start moving down there and there's a, a hundred tiny little dependencies that have to happen in order for you to get to that big vision. Um, so I think it's both, right? And that's what keeps me motivated. That big vision is what keeps me you know, excited to come to, to work every day. Um, but it's those tiny incremental changes that, and details that have to be done along the way that give you all those little wins that keep you motivated to get to the bigger picture. So I think you have to have both. Um, they're both important. The, the quick win of today, as well as the big win, the mic drop moment of the future. Thank you so much to hear. It was great having you on our podcast. Thank you so much. It was a joy to be here. And, uh, Look forward to uh, hearing what's next or where's next. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Tahira May and Thomas for explaining how location technology enhances data discovery in the commercial real estate industry. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to rate Esri and the Science of Wear podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about how location intelligence enables digital transformation and drives growth, visit go.esri.com forward slash location technology.